The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2021 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycindy.com. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm Stone Galloway. I'm a junior at Eastern Illinois University. There it is, there it is. Um, I'll be reading out of John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own knows me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let's pray. God, we come to you in thanksgiving tonight, um, just thanking you for for being the good shepherd that you are, um, and thank you for sending your son to lay down his life for us. Um, And just like the song Reckless Love says, you leave the 99 for the one, and we are the one, God. And, you know, for me, I'm eternally grateful, and I know everybody else here is, and I just thank you and praise you for for who you are, your your grace, your love, um, and your unconditional, just everything you are, God. And so... I invite your Holy Spirit in here tonight. Uh, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears to hear and see what you have. Uh, And I just pray that you would bless the rest of this service and um, what Pastor D has for us. And we just praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What's up, CO? It's good to be with you all. This is my last night with you guys. I pray that, uh, come on, I heard a couple alls. Come on now, y'all got to give me some love. Hey, well, make sure to follow me on social media. I want to hear from you all and follow our church, Uh, maybe see you online. And if you're able to come to the city of Chicago, make sure to visit us at Renewal Chicago um, in the city. I I hope to see you. And please don't be shy. Don't come in there and just sit in a seat and not say hello. Because I won't know that you're there. Okay? So make sure to come in and say hello. Um, Do that online too. But I am so, it's been a journey uh, as we've been walking through the scriptures. And I pray that the Lord has uh, encouraged you, but also challenged you while you're here. And I know this is just the beginning of the week. But as I've said, I I know that God can meet you right where you are in your seats, um, in the chats afterwards, in those small groups, and the things that you're doing throughout this week. And so make sure um, you stay available to what he may be doing in your life, even on tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, go ahead and meet me in John chapter 10. That's where we'll be. I'm going to read more of the scripture, but we're going to continue in our I am statements. And tonight we're going to talk about Jesus saying he is the good shepherd. Uh, John 10, verses 11 through 18. I'm going to do it like we did this morning. If you could, just go ahead and stand with me as we read the word of God. And once you get there, go ahead and scream out, got it. All right, I heard a few, so I'm going to give you all a second. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen, or you can pull out your smartphone. It's fine for me, too. John 10, verses 11 through 18. Hear now the reading of God's word. Says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. 
He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father, very word of God, amen. Today again, I want to talk on the subject of I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for what you're doing, not only tonight, but just throughout the last couple days and throughout the rest of the week. God, I just ask even now that you would decrease me so that you may increase in this space. Father, have your way in the hearts the people here, as well as my own. Let it be you speaking and not my own words, as we need to hear from you. God, I look forward to what you're going to do. Now and forevermore, we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and we all said together, amen, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> well, Christmas just passed, and one of the songs that I, I love to sing during this time of year is... O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Anybody like that song? O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I, I, I love the words of that song, especially during this time of year, because if we're really honest, it's very easy to get distracted with all the things that are going on around us, like family dinners or with COVID, the lack thereof, uh, Christmas shopping, well, on the other side, as college students, maybe the lack of money to do Christmas shopping. Amen. You see, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the things that are happening around us. We get down and we get depressed with all the things that are happening because of maybe the lack of thereof or maybe the restrictions even in this space of what we cannot do. And we forget the real reason for the season. So when I hear those words, O come, O come, Emmanuel, Emmanuel meaning God with us, it reminds me that in the midst of all that's going on, whether it be excitement or sadness, Jesus came to be with us. He came to be with you. He came to be with me, and he wants to be with us today and one day he'll come again and and I'm not sure about you but with everything that's happened in our country and everything that's happening even today it brings me joy to know that Jesus wants to be with me it gives me peace in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of all the unrest in our country especially throughout the last couple years that Jesus wants to be with us. In this passage today in John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. 
which in essence is saying the same thing. He's saying, I want to be with my sheep and I always will be with them. He says, I know my sheep and they know me and I'll lay down my life for them. Friends, as, as I preach today, I want you to meditate. Hear me. I, I want you to meditate on what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd in your life because hear me, him shepherding us should bring us joy. Should bring us joy. This passage, it comes on the heels of where we left off this morning in John 10. In fact, they're in the same passage. This is the same passage of scripture. And this is a little unusual for Jesus. If you've read throughout the, uh, throughout the gospels where Jesus is speaking and he's doing parables, when Jesus uses a parable or he, he gives an illustration, he usually does it to get across one main idea but in this passage, John 10, he's telling the people that he's the door, but he's also the good shepherd. Two different ideas where if you remember this morning, I talked about uh, Jesus uh, being the door. But in order to get into the sheepfold, the people of God, you got to go through the door. But in order to go through the door, the only way to go through the door is with the shepherd. And Jesus is making the claim again here in this passage that he's God by stating I am. And if you remember, I am means to be and I will be. But at the same time, he's saying, I'm the good shepherd. So again, Jesus, in essence, he's saying I'm God, but I, I'm the good shepherd. And in verse 11, he's saying he's God. I always will be God. And in this particular passage, he's saying he is and always will be the good shepherd to the sheep. In other words, God's people. Now, when you're looking at this passage, there's something about this word good. Everyone say good. There's something about this word good here when he says he's the good shepherd. He, he doesn't just say shepherd. He specifically says good. Then he says the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Stay with me on this one. I'm going to break it down a little bit to you. Now, when he says good here, this word, it describes the role of Jesus in, a, in the context of self-giving, like where he says, I'm going to lay my life down for the good of my sheep, which implies more than the general meaning of good. So when he says good right here, he's not saying, girl, you look good looking. He's not saying that was a good shot on the basketball court or, or you did a good job uh, in the game or you, you, did a, you got a good grade on that test. That, that's not what he's saying here. This good here is referring to him giving his life away. He's saying, I'm the shepherd who lays down my life. Now, this reference to good shepherd is from the Old Testament where God continually refers to that he's referred to as the true, true shepherd. And so instead of good, he says the true shepherd. Some of my Bible thumpers in here, you, you will know some of these passages I'm about to refer to. Some of these passages you've heard or your grandmama must have said them to you when you were growing up. It's passages like Psalm 23. Y'all have heard that passage before? Some of y'all got to talk to me tonight, okay? Psalm 23. Y'all have heard that before? Some of y'all have heard that before. Well, when I read it, you might know what it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. My grandmama, that was her favorite passage of scripture. I didn't even know Jesus, but I knew that scripture. 
Or you can keep going in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. He says, I will tend to the flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. These are both passages, follow me with this, that refer to God as the true shepherd that cares for and leads his sheep. But then as you keep reading throughout the Old Testament, you see that David, King David, is referred to as the good shepherd. And this is not the same as the good shepherd or the true shepherd that lays down his life for the good of the sheep. This is talking about him being a good man, a, a good leader. You see this in passages like 2 Samuel 5.2 where it says, In times past when Saul was king over us, it was you who led us out and brought us into Israel and and the Lord said to you you shall be a what a shepherd of my people Israel and you shall be prince over Israel here again you see the word some of y'all gonna talk to me you see the word shepherd and you you it's used here to lead and guide the people don't miss this Jesus with this word here in this passage when he says good in the text is using a sovereign reference to him being God by saying the words I am and then he puts good in there because he's good to a sheep as in David is good to the people of Israel and leads them and guides them but the passage says that the shepherd is not only good but he lays down his life which is a reference to what the shepherd would literally do for the sheep. I touched on that this morning, but I'm, I'm going to kind of illustrate it a little bit for you. The shepherd, he would, he would literally lay down. So there's a gate, and there's an opening to get into the sheepfold. The shepherd would lay there, and he would sleep there all night long. You know why? Because there would be wolves, there would be bears and lions that would try to come into the sheepfold because they're hungry. And he would stay there with his staff, and he would beat them off, or he would kill them. And you literally see this throughout the Old Testament. You see David doing this. You see this in, in 1 Samuel when he's doing this in, in chapter 17. You see David, a shepherd who's laying down, sleeping with his sheep. And he fights lions. He fights bears. He fights wolves. Who could have easily killed him? But he risked his life so that his sheep are safe. He's being a good shepherd. This is what Jesus is saying, meaning that he'll look out for his people. He'll do this for the good of his sheep. But unlike David, Jesus doesn't just say he's going to risk his life. He says he'll give up his life willingly. Big difference. He says, I, I, I'm not like the hired hand, the the one that sees trouble at the first sign of trouble, just, just starts booking it and flees. No, no, he, he says, I, I'm not like him. And basically what he's saying, because the Pharisees are around, he's like, I'm not like you, Pharisees. No, 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 I really care about my people. And, and I, I'm not just caring about their well-being. I'm not just trying to look better in the eyes of my sheep and, and make them think that I care about them. But I, I, I really am going to give up my life. He says, I, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And because of knowing them, I know that I'm going to have to lay down my life. Jesus says, he's the good shepherd. Now, before I get too far off on this, because some of y'all are probably missing what I'm saying, 
I need you to, to visualize what I'm saying. Let me ask you a question. Would you, would, would you fight a bear for me? You can say yes or no. It's okay. No, right? Bears can weigh over a thousand pounds. My man, would, would you fight a lion for me? You, nah, I don't know, bro. You, you, I don't, you was too quick to answer that one. <laughs> you know, you know, lions, they can weigh over 500 pounds and they can be between six to nine feet long. Most of y'all looking at me kind of funny like Pastor Dean, nah, you would have been a nice human steak. They say the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice, bro. They would have had a good old meal that night. Y'all would have ran, right? No lions and bears. Oh, my. Like, I'm, I'm running. But not Jesus. He says, I'm the good shepherd. That'll lay down my life. Family, the good shepherd not only fights for his sheep, but Jesus says he's the good shepherd that will die for them. Now, that's all good and great, right? But why in the world would a shepherd die for his sheep? Or in other words, why would Jesus die for his people? Well, if you look back at the text with me in verse 14, he says, I know my own and my own know me just as the father and I, or just as I know my father. Now, what is Jesus really getting at here? What Jesus is trying to say here in this passage is that there is an intimate connection. Don't miss this. There's an intimate connection between the shepherd and the sheep. This is not intimacy between like a man and woman. This is closeness. This is spending time together. So don't get lost in that. He says that, that he cares for his sheep and his, his sheep know this to be true where they benefit from this intimacy, this time with him. Remember, I told you this morning that sheep are some very dumb animals. Y'all remember that? They're some very dumb animals, but they're not so dumb that they don't know the voice of their shepherd. The, the sheep, after following the shepherd for so long, they have come to know the, the shepherd's voice. They have come to know his whistle, and when he speaks or he whistles, it's associated with certain benefits. They know that that voice is the one that feeds them. They, they know that that voice is the one that gives them sh shelter and protection and care. See, Jesus even mentions this or alludes to this in verses 3 through 5 of this same chapter. He says that they hear his voice. He calls them by name. He, he, the sheep know his voice and they follow. And lastly, they flee away from strangers. Now hear me, I, I mentioned it, but I don't want you to miss it. What Jesus is getting at here is he's saying... That's the shepherd. As a shepherd, one thing he desires is intimacy with his sheep. Time, closeness. You see, the sheep don't just follow the shepherd because he says so. They follow him because he spent time with them. And through spending time with the shepherd, They've gotten to know, again, that there are benefits that come with following the shepherd. But see, here's the problem. 
Sheep, like any other animal, are prone to wonder, especially when they feel like they're not getting what they deserve or what they want in this space. So they, they keep roaming around looking for what they want. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Remember, sheep are defenseless. They're slow. They don't have claws. Again, all they can do is bah, someone to death. They can't fight. They don't lead. So when they wander off, for something more away from their protection, away from their shepherd, when they're looking for more food and they're looking for more pasture, what tends to happen is they get picked off and they get eaten or they get killed. Y'all follow me? Now, now, here's what we can't miss. You know why some of us hear me as I come into your neighborhood a little bit more. You, you know why some of us are steadily struggling or having trouble in our lives or struggling with our belief in Jesus? Two reasons that tend to bleed into one another. Number one, we haven't gotten to know the shepherd well enough, so therefore we never have experienced his goodness. Number two, because of not experiencing his goodness, you know what tends to tends to happen we just keep on roaming around looking for better places more satisfaction more fulfillment and other spaces and places outside of God just like the sheep see we struggle in our walks with Christ and trusting him fully because we haven't fully tasted his goodness we haven't fully tasted true intimacy with him. And if we look at the Bible, friends, hear me, Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus being God in the flesh, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And what does he do? He leaves the confines of heaven and he steps out of heaven. He comes down to earth in the, the feeble form of a baby. It says that he comes in the likeness of man. He lowers himself to the, to the face of a servant or a slave. And he dies even to the point of death on the cross. He died and he was buried. He rose from the grave and he was seen by more than 500 people. There has never been one bone found. Millions of people have died for his sake and their belief. Non-Christian historians have writ up, written about him all throughout history. So here's my point in all of this. Just this, hear me. Even if we do not believe in Jesus, he is worth your time and energy. He is worth looking into. And that's more time and energy than just coming to church on a Sunday morning. He wants to dwell with you and me every day. Friends, don't miss this. A good shepherd is with his sheep every day. He raises them, he cares for them, he feeds them, he grooms them, he protects them for their whole lives. Not just one day, but for their whole life. And friends, here's the thing. The king of kings, Jesus himself, is saying in this passage that he's the good shepherd to his sheep. 
He's saying that I'm the shepherd that not only wants to protect you, but I'm the shepherd that wants to be with you for the rest of your life. I'm the shepherd that wants to be there when you're down and lonely, when everybody has turned their backs on you. I'm the shepherd that cares for you when you lose your job. I'm the shepherd that that wants to be there when when you need all your needs supplied. I'm the shepherd that knows his sheep. And I know what they need. And I know some of us are still sitting there and you're saying, well, that's all fine and dandy. Pastor, I'm going to be honest. I, I do believe in Jesus, and, but, but, but I don't feel that type of intimacy. I, I, don't, I don't feel that closeness with Jesus. I'm still struggling with that. And I would ask you, well, what is your time look like reading the word of God. See, the Bible is the written word of God that's given to us so we can know him more in depth. This is where we get to know God. This is why I preach the word so passionately. I believe it wholeheartedly. This is God's written love letter written to us so we can know him. But my preaching, hear me, or your preacher's preaching back home is not enough. We're to read the word of God daily, meditating on it, memorizing it, preaching it to ourselves. So when you're not in church or you're uh, 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 not around the rest of the flock or you're by yourself and the enemy tries to come against you and tries to say some things that are against the word of God, whether it's a nasty coworker or a student of your or friend that says something to you that you're like, man, that's got me down in the dumps or spiritual warfare or you're just having a plain bad day. You can pull out the word of God. Preach it to yourself. Scriptures like Isaiah 54, 17 that says, There is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. Or if I'm having bad thoughts, I can flip my Bible open to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, where it says that we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. My point in this is that the word of God is a gift that's given to us from God where the more we know it, the more intimately connected we are with Christ. Some of y'all are missing this. It's, it's kind of like spending time with that, that, that boy or that girl that you, you like. Come on now, I know some of y'all here together. Come on. It's like, it's like spending time with them. You're you, you on the phone all times at night and, you know, all... All through the wee hours, y'all, y'all do, y'all go out, you hang out. You don't just, you don't just talk to them one time and, and then the, the next day you get married. I mean, I know some of us in Christian circles, we do that. It's kind of wild. <laughs> but, you know, some of the staff here are like, yeah, that was us. <laughs> A month later, we got married. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But that's not typically how it happens. You date for a while, right? You spend time with one another. And the reason you do that is because you want to get to know one another. You stay on the phone all night long. And you say crazy things to one another like, girl, you must be tired because you've been running through my mind all night 
Boy, when you were born, God lost the angel because, boy, you've been touched. I mean, you just say stupid stuff. You see, all these crazy things because you just want to get to know them, right? Don't none of y'all use them. They're, those are corny as ever, okay? Some of y'all over here thinking about what y'all going to say after this, okay? See, but the point is that you do these things and you spend time together because you want to get to know them. You go to extra lengths to spend time. The question we have to answer is what lengths or what do we do to make sure that we're intentional spending time with God? It's the same with him. The second question I would ask you if you're struggling with closeness with God and intimacy there is what's your prayer life look like? What's your prayer life look like? That's the only way we have to communicate with Jesus until he comes back. And when you ask, well, Pastor D, I don't really know how to pray. Hear me, it's not that spiritual. Sometimes we make it spiritual and people say hour-long prayers. You ain't got to do all that. Hear me, there's a different models of prayer, and some of your leaders will tell you that. But if you believe in Jesus and you're in a relationship with him, hear me, Jesus wants to know your ins and outs of your day, your feelings when you're up and when you're down. Some days, really, honestly, he just wants you to come to him. Which means that you can come to him when you're down in the dumps and when you're having a great day. You can come to him in the worst shape and in the best shape. You know how I know this? Because when you flip over the Bible and you go to the book of Psalms and you read some of the Psalms that David has written. Y'all, I'm, I'm like, David is a crazy man. I mean, he, he'll, he'll be like... God, I, I love you, and I'm like a deer patting by the water streams and all these other stuff. And then you keep on reading down the passage. He's like, God, I need you to rain down fire on these dudes, and I need you to kill him, and I can't stand that the wicked prosper, and I'm not prospering. And you're like, dang, David, you all right? <laughs> but the more I read it and the more I walk with God, the more I know that David's just being real. And that's what God desires. It's for us to be real with him. Sometimes you'll be angry and you'll be upset. Sometimes you'll be happy and he's okay with that. He just wants to be with you. Family, what I'm trying to get at is that we're to talk to God through our prayers. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be drawn out. Would have talked to him. And notice that I said, I asked you about reading God's word before I talked about prayer. The reason is because your prayer needs to be informed by scripture. It needs to be informed by scripture. A lot of times we start praying and we ask God for all these things and God, I need a new car, I need a new house, I need this and that. And it doesn't line up anywhere near the will of God. And then you end up upset because God didn't show up the way he, you wanted him to. And the reality is, no, you need to be praying according to the will of God. Well, how do we do that? You got to know the word of God. Prayer needs to be informed by the word of God. He's not a genie in the Bible. So we got to stop treating him that way. Third reason, as I keep moving, 
you may not be experiencing intimacy with Christ or you may be feeling this distant relationship, it's because, hear me, and this is probably a lot of us, you've simply left the sheepfold. This is big in the pandemic. This is big in, big in COVID. We haven't been in church in a while. Many of us, we don't go to church. We, we, we don't have accountability or true Christian relationships in our life. All we're doing is hopping on church online, and we may do that once and once a month, we may go to a CO meeting once a month. We're not really in these relationships. This is the most Christian community you've had right here is at this conference. We have been isolated. And hear me, Satan really wants you on an island away from everybody. You know why? Because he can pick you off just like the sheep that's roaming away from the sheepfold and eating. Hear me, family. We need fellowship. We need community. We were not made to be by ourselves. True intimacy with God happens when we're in a relationship with others because if we don't, you know what happens? The depression is worst. Anxiety is high. If you did a study on counseling right now, most counselors are booked up for months because people are not made to be alone like this, to be away from community. Some of us are simply distant from God because we've left the sheepfold or we've never really been a part of it. We need community. Jesus says he's the good shepherd. He says his sheep know his voice and they follow. He leads, he cares and protects them. But again, family, in order for us to experience the intimacy we we want with God, we got to spend time with him. Now, you may be sitting there saying, I, I, I see this, Pastor D, but I, I'm still not seeing the benefit of intimacy with God. Here's the good news. When you're intimate with God, watch this. When you're intimate with him, you will always benefit and produce fruit. Don't miss that. When you get intimate with God, when you spend time with him, you'll always benefit and you'll always produce fruit. Don't miss this. Some of y'all don't believe me, so let's take a stroll through the scriptures. Abraham, in the book of Genesis, got intimate with God. And what happened? He produced a city and a people whose builder was God. King David got intimate with God in 1 Samuel. And what happens when he gets intimate with God? He produces a throne that lasts forever, which Jesus would come through. Because it's impossible to get close or intimate with God and not produce fruit. Moses got intimate with God book of Exodus, and he produced deliverance for more than two million people. Deborah, my lady, she got intimate with God, and her and Barak, they, they brought deliverance to the people of God. Well, let me flip to the New Testament. Peter got intimate with God, and he stood on that day as Jesus left him and ascended to heaven, and he preached the greatest sermon of all time, and 3,000 people got saved in one day. The Apostle Paul got intimate with God and he wrote 13 letters in the New Testament and became the greatest church planner who ever walked this earth. Friends, what I'm trying to tell you, because some of you may not know some of the characters that I just mentioned throughout the Bible, when you experience intimacy or closeness with God, not only do you benefit, but you produce fruit. Jesus in the passage said he's a good shepherd. Who desires intimacy with you and wants to be close with us for your good but also for you to produce fruit outside of this room on your campuses wherever you go 
He says in the passage, he knows his sheep like his father knows him. And friends, this is huge right here as I keep walking because in one statement, Jesus says that he doesn't just want to know you, but he says there's oneness between he and his sheep. Don't miss this. The reason we know this is true is because God and Jesus are one. The Trinity, three persons, three distinct persons in one, the same in deity, God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus and his father are one, and Jesus says, my sheep know me like this. Now, this kind of boggled me a bit, and it started me to ask some questions because I'm like, okay, I get how you and your father are one, but how in the world are me and you one, Jesus? I'm sinful, and you're holy. How can we be one? We're totally different. When I read the, the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, Adam sinned in the garden. And when he sinned, because of that, Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. If this is true, how could I possibly be one with you? Let's keep reading in the text. At the end of the verse, Jesus says, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Here it is, family. Jesus knows his sheep, so therefore he knows that we're sinful. He knows that we'll fall short, which means that he can't just be good to us. He can't just care for us. He can't just protect us. No, that's not enough because God is holy and without sin. So therefore, we humans being sinful will never experience the fullness of God being in sin. So what does Jesus do? He dies the worst kind of death possible. He dies the death on the cross A death that we should have died, a death that we deserve with nails in his hands and where if we believe in what he's done, hear me, that death of the sinless, unblemished lamb of God, hear me, the wrath of God was taken upon Jesus while he's on that cross in exchange we got his righteousness. The wrath of God was satisfied by Jesus dying on that cross. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but I love that but. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, there had to be a sacrifice, which is why Jesus and, 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 and not, just, not just anybody, Jesus had to die. This is why he says, I am the good shepherd who wants to be in relationship with my sheep He says this because he really means it. And he says, I I not only want to provide for you, I, I not only want to protect you and care for you and guide you, but I know my sheep. And I know that you're prone to wonder. I know that you're going to sin. I know that you're going to rebel. And what does he do? He lays down his life. Good shepherd. So if we believe, will live for eternity with God. Oneness is achieved through Jesus' death. This is why verses 17 through 18 are so special because Jesus says, my father loves me because I lay down my life and I take it up again. And then he says, I lay it down on my own accord and I have the authority to take it back up. Friends, he's implying here in this passage That he knew that he would have to die. He knows there will be suffering required for the sheep. He knows he will die and take their sins. 
take him to the grave with him. He says, I will die. But as the songwriter says, death couldn't hold him down. Because he's the one who has power over Satan's sin and death. He says, I will die as a man, but that won't affect my godliness because you will see me rise from the grave. I have the power on my own accord to take up my life again. He says, I'm the good shepherd that will die for his sheep. Friends, hear me, don't miss this. So get ready to end that. Don't miss we have a good shepherd that desires to be with us intimately. But he also died for us. There's one verse in the text that I didn't really speak on. Jesus says in verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. If we're honest, there are some of us that have walked in here, not only tonight, but in this whole conference, and we've never trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Some of you feel as if you don't belong. Pastor D, my struggle and my story is too messed up. Why would God want me? So we put a front on. But deep down inside, we're broken. We're truly messed up. We hear the testimonies on stage and we're saying, that's me. That was, that, that's me. I'm in that space of brokenness. And I, I love this scripture right here because it tells us that Jesus is not done with saving his people. It also lets us know that the sheepfold is not just made for the good people. <laughs> it's made for the bad people. It's made for every shape, size, and color. The black, white, the Asian, the Latino, you name it. He wants us all to come to him. So if you're here tonight and you never trusted Jesus, why not tonight? Will you put your faith in him and trust Christ today? As he says in this passage, which is good news, I not only want to be a shepherd who leads, guides and cares and protects but I gave my life up to be with you. To be with us. Family, this is how I want to end. There's two people in this room. There's, there's some of us that never have placed our faith in Jesus and then there are others that know him that are struggling. And I just want every head bowed, every eye closed right now. I'm the only one looking. <laughs> and there's, there's someone in here, there's some of us in here where throughout the last day or so, God has been, he's been tugging at your heart. 
And this, this word was for you. He's saying, I want to be with you. And inside you're saying, I'm tired of doing this thing on my own. I'm tired of running my own life. I'm tired of messing up and keep going back to the same old stuff every day. If you were in that space, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. All I want you to do tonight is just raise your hand if that's you. I just want to pray for you. I'm the only one looking. I see your hands. I see them. Raise them up. Jesus says he wants to be with you. And he's the good shepherd that cares, guides, but also lays down his life. Secondly, there are some of us in this room that We've trusted Christ with our lives. We've, we've, we've said, Jesus, I give you my life. You're my Lord and Savior. But if we're honest, throughout this last year, maybe even the last week, you've just gotten off track. You've strayed away from the sheepfold. You haven't been active. You haven't been reading your Bible. You haven't truly, really been trusting Christ, but you've been trusting in everything moving other than him. I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you too. Family, here's my challenge to you. I saw everybody that raised their hand. But all throughout this night, maybe in worship, before the end of the night, I want you to talk to one of the leaders at your campus. Let them know the decision you made tonight. The reason I say that is because you're not made to do this alone. We need each other. So family, as we get ready to worship, this is for me too. I want us to trust the good shepherd together knowing that all fulfillment true satisfaction and true love is only found in him so as we leave this place our lives are never the same but this will be a marked moment in the course of our lives that changed our lives To him be all the glory, now and forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you everything our lives, Lord. We worship you, and to worship you, we live. Thank you for being our good shepherd. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach.
For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conycindy.com.